the Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word. In the book of Proverbs, we'll find a lot of wisdom. Just let me give one today. In chapter 12, verse 15, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he who heeds counsel is wise. Uh, in chapter 12, you get, better get ready for the difference. It'll say one thing and it says, but, and that is continual. In other words, there is a way that seems right, but there's a way that is right. There's a way that looks good to everybody else, but at the end, it brings destruction. Proverbs 12 is a proverb that would do us all good to read ever so often and to take notes. This is Bert Harper along with Dr. Alex McFarlane, and it's our joy to be on Exploring the Word today. And Alex, we missed you yesterday. We would like to hear a little synopsis of your trip to Texas, and then while you were gone, um, man, it sounded like the bottom fell out of the weather. And uh, so tell us about it. Well, Bird, it's great to be back with you. Just great to hear your voice, my dear friend, and good to be with everybody listening to Exploring the Word. And I do apologize that I I was not at my post yesterday. I was supposed to be at the microphone, and I wasn't because I was uh, spent, oh, a, a good part of the day in airports, you know. But um, so listen to this, Bert. I uh, was in Dallas and I had the privilege of speaking this weekend and I'll, I'll tell you about that. But Sunday night, you know, I'm all packed up and I'm going to be at the airport early. And I got a text saying that due to inclement weather, my flight had been canceled and call the airline immediately. Right. So, Bert, have you ever called and it'll say uh, due to the unusually high call volume, <laughs> uh, you'll have to wait. Please wait, right? Yes. So yes. It, it said, uh, if you hit number one, uh, we will give you a courtesy call back. You don't have to hold. We'll call you back. So I did that, and the recording said, we will call you back in between four and 21 hours. <laughs> and I thought, well, 21 hours? I'm supposed to be in North Carolina. But long story short, uh, I had four flights canceled. They'd say, okay, the flight's canceled. You'll be on the next one. Anyway, I, I did get home, but it was pretty late last night, and I apologize that I wasn't on Exploring the Word as I was supposed to be yesterday. Well, we missed you greatly. Jim Stanley, our pinch hitter, came on in, and we appreciate that. We did Chapter 11, but we sure. are glad you are home. But uh, I know it's the. I bet the snow is pretty, though, right? Well, it is. And, you know, here in the Carolinas, uh, we're not used to snow. Um, where I am at our house, we got about uh, three to five inches. And, um, you know, the funny thing, I was up in upstate New York two years ago, just before COVID. I spoke at Houghton College, which is near Binghamton, New York. And, you know, up there, I mean, bird, it'll snow three, four feet. And, and they don't even close the schools. And, of course, where I live... I mean, if they so much as predict snow, you know, it brings the city to its knees, you know. Right. But That's uh, us as well. And <laughs> listen, bread and milk, they sell out quickly. I don't know what makes everybody thinks they have to have bread and milk during a snow and, day, and but it happens. <laughs> you know, uh, I tell you, they will all but buy the, the shelves off the wall, you know. Yeah, but and the shelves I, are pretty empty these days to start with, so it's, it was are. amazing, yeah. 
I want to say this, how much I love the dear people of First Baptist Church in Dallas, Texas, Dr. Robert Jeffers, and a um, wonderful attorney there named Gary Bennett. And do you know what they've got? Uh, and a lot of churches ought to do this. They have got a Sunday school class and ministry just dedicated to moral and social issues and standing up for the Constitution and standing for life. And um, so they had procured the courtroom in Dallas, the, the actual courtroom where the Roe versus Wade decision was rendered. And we had a service Sunday, and it was my extreme honor, and what an honor it was, Bert, to, to preach and speak in the Roe versus Wade courtroom. And right at the very desk where three justices rendered a decision in 1973 that, that no legal protection for the unborn and abortion was suddenly made legal in America. Uh, you know, Bert, I don't think those judges could have comprehended the Pandora's box that they were opening. Not only suddenly w- would 62.5 million lives be lost and counting, but it really cut us loose from our moral foundation uh, but, you know, I got to speak there, and Bert, think about this, and, uh, you know, the Bible talks about sin, and the human heart has a propensity for sin, and Proverbs warns us about that as well, but there in the courtroom where abortion was made legal, and I spoke there Sunday, uh, on the wall, a big two, three-foot-long brass plaque that says, In God We Trust. And, Bert, doesn't it stretch your mind to try to comprehend how, under the words, in God we trust, the killing of the unborn could be made law? How, how does that happen? It Satan has blinded the minds of those. And, Alex, it is spiritual. We can look at it. Yes, it's through the process of education, entertainment, all the things that we can look at and connect the dots but it is satanic in its origin and the believing a lie. You speak that lie long enough, uh, people will begin to believe it. And so they can say, in God we trust, but. In God we trust, but. So that which has been attacked, life, that's that, and marriage, uh, more recently, even the identity of individuals who are male or female, everything that the Bible proclaims, and it is truth, Uh, has seemingly come under attack. And so that's why Proverbs is so important during these days, that you have the wisdom that God gives, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of Satan and be able to give an answer of the faith that is in you. And I think Proverbs is a book that helps us do that. Matter of fact, chapter 12, verse 1 starts it off and says this, Whoever loves instruction loves knowledge, but he who hates reproof is and I'm in the New King James, and it's the word stupid. I, yeah. I am so proud they translated it that because some things are just plain stupid, and people say, oh, don't use that word. But here we find out it's true. He who hates reproof, who hates correction, who hates direction that would put you in a different direction, they're just plain stupid, Alex. Yeah. Um, you, you know, um, in the original language, the word there— um, it, and it is rightly translated uh, stupid, and not to be, you know, the old King James renders it 
uh, brutish, like a brute beast or like an animal. Um, and so when translations will say, and I'm, I'm looking at the Hebrew right now in the lexicon, word for word, you know, whoever uh, loves instruction uh, loves knowledge, but he who hates correction is stupid. And, and you know what? Sometimes it hurts to be corrected. Bur- growing up, I played Little League, and, um, you know, I could catch a ball. I was pretty good at catching a ball, but I was not a good hitter. And in front of all my players, my coach was constantly critiquing the way I was trying to swing a baseball bat. And at first, you know, and I was just a kid, it made me mad. Is like, but I never got any hits. But I began to listen, and I began to take instruction, and I became a pretty good hitter, actually. And for a little leaguer and played up until 10th grade, could hit home runs, but I had to get over myself and my pride and realize I'm not a good hitter. The coach knows what he's talking about. I better li- If I want to hit a baseball, I better listen to him. <laughs> that is great advice. I, I, let me give you a quick biblical example. <clears throat> King Saul and King David. King David could be corrected and instructed by Samuel and also by the prophet Nathan, and he made right. He didn't. He made mistakes, but he could be corrected. He could be instructed. Whereas Saul, when he was trying to be instructed, he would not take it, or he would try to bargain to get a bigger deal. Those are. That's a good t- right side by side illustration of chapter twelve, verse one, about instruction loves knowledge, <clears throat> but he who hates reproof is stupid. And so Alex uh, again. Proverbs set it aside, and it goes on. A good man obtains favor from the Lord, but a man of wicked devices he will condemn. A man who is not established by wickedness, but the root of righteousness cannot be moved. Here it talks about righteousness and knowledge. I want to ask you, do you seem like in the book of Proverbs, righteousness and wisdom kind of go together? Oh, absolutely. that They really do. And, and le- let me say, Bert, there's no success apart from morality. Now, somebody might temporarily, from the world's eyes, you know, get their hands on some money or something like that. But there, there is no, and there's a word in verse 3, a man shall not be established by wickedness, but the root of the righteous shall not be moved. The word established means a place of permanent blessing. There are people right now, and they might have their hands on some money, and they might have a little bit of notoriety, but they are not in a place of permanent blessing apart from morality, righteousness. Bert, the longer I live, the more I believe it, and Proverbs underscores this. Uh, the mo- obviously, the most important thing in life is salvation. And our message to you, dear friends, I mean, the number one thing of life, to put your faith in Christ and be saved. But beyond salvation, which obviously is paramount, Bert, the most important thing in life is your character. Am I right? You are right on, Alex. And again, what you have to look at when looking at Proverbs, they are some of the Proverbs that is immediate, but most of them are long-term. And and the ways of the righteous is established. That's long-term. It may be like they're having to pay a price and they're off track, but stay on track. Uh, keep your eyes on the goal. He who looks forward 
is wise, but the man that is plowing and looks back, he's not fit for the kingdom. So look at long term. Now I want to get to verse four real quick. And again, Amen. we may not be able to go over every one of these verses today, but verse four is one we I, I had it out I highlighted. An excellent wife is the crown of her husband, but she who causes shame is like rottenness to his bones. Mm. A woman of valor. Again, this is kind of introducing us to the Proverbs 31 woman, isn't it? It is, absolutely. A virtuous woman, a godly woman is a crown. That's why men cherish and take care of that wife God's given you. And, uh, you know, there's that old saying, marrying the right person well, marriage is about being the right person. And uh, wouldn't you agree that the second greatest gift God will ever give a man, second only to the gift of salvation, the second greatest gift is a godly woman? I agree fully. And Alex, you and I, we've been blessed to say the least oh about goodness. it. We've been blessed. Now, verse 5 and following talks about the thoughts. It talks about the mouth, the wicked. But, but I really did want to get to verse 7 since we have time. The wicked are overthrown and are no more, but the house of the righteous will stand. When I read that, I could not help but think about the man who builds his house upon the rock and the man who builds his house upon the sand. Alex, uh, this is it. This is kind of a, a, a introduction to that that Jesus would expound on, isn't it? Amen. It absolutely is. And so what an honor to talk about these things. This is Exploring the Word. And we hope you'll stay tuned. We're going to continue in Proverbs chapter 12 plus. We'll get to your Bible questions live. Don't go away. American Family Radio will be right back with more of Exploring the Word. Stay tuned. This is Pause to Pray, a chance each day to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today we pray for Vice President Kamala Harris, our nation's 49th Vice President. As Vice President of the United States, she is first in the presidential line of succession and is also President of the United States Senate. Matthew 23:11 reminds us of the importance of serving others. The greatest among you shall be your servant. Right now with this in mind, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we ask for guidance for Vice President Kamala Harris as she serves the President and our country. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is the service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team. Get your 2022 prayer guide and make this the year of prayer. Available now at pausetopray.org. Some believers feel that the Hollywood-style lighting and staging they see on Sunday takes more away from worship than it adds. But Dr. Tony Evans says there's another way the church mimics the movie industry that's much more dangerous. He'll tell us what it is as we spend two minutes with Tony. One of the places we went on vacation was to Universal Studios, where movies are made. The gentleman on the tram said, what you're looking at is a facade, but behind it, there is no reality. It just seems real, feels real, and looks real. In Western culture particularly, we have allowed the benefits that have accrued to us to trick us into thinking, just because things seem all right, I must be all right. 
And so what you have are people looking for their blessing and almost every time a person says that, they're wanting something, in most cases, physical. More money, better job, nicer house. Not because those things are innately wrong in themselves, but whenever the external defines the internal, whenever the physical defines the spiritual, then that means that things are backwards and that we have become lukewarm Christians in lukewarm churches, and we don't even know that Jesus is not in the building. Getting your spiritual life headed in the right direction often starts by going back to square one in your faith. Check out Tony's CD series, Divine Reset, available online at TonyEvans.org. Then join us next time for Two Minutes with Tony. Welcome back to Exploring the Word. Father, I'm in a desperate place. Father, I know you can bear the weight. Father. Welcome back to Exploring the Word. We are in Proverbs chapter 12, Bert and Alex. Hey, the number, the toll-free number uh, is 888 and we will get to your Bible questions here in just a little bit. But, uh, Bert, you know, uh, it says this, that the words of the wicked are to lie in wait for blood, but the mouth of the upright shall deliver them. You know, words have meaning, and Proverbs chapter 12 has a lot to say about words, about, uh, you know, deadly uh, piercings like a sword. I'll get to that in verse 18. But uh, words mean things. And the words we say are reflective of the state of our heart, uh, aren't they? They are. Do you remember when the wise men came to Jerusalem and they were looking for where to go to worship the Lord Jesus? And they talked to Herod. But you remember what Herod's were? were? They were lying filled with blood. It says, when you have found him, bring me word that I may come and worship him also. Of course, they was warned of it. They knew better and they went a different way. But then he would kill all those newborn male children in Bethlehem and and under two years old. Alex, again, when I read that lie in wait for blood, Herod, that's what he was known for. I mean, killing. And so we find people like that, Hitler, uh, Stalin. I mean, the, the name is horrible. These are names. And so what you want to do, you want your word to be filled with truth and and grace and uh, that a lot of this is talking about the lying tongue and the deceitful tongue in the whole book of Proverbs, isn't it? Well, it, it really is. And notice in verse 7, it says, The wicked are overthrown and are not. In other words, uh, no longer around. Because you remember verse 3 says that wickedness will not establish a man. See, uh, and that's why, friend, don't be tempted to try to achieve the right result by the wrong method. You you will not prosper or succeed that way. Don't go for a desired result by an illicit or uh, dishonest method. The house of the righteous shall stand. Uh, the Bible says in verse 8, a man shall be commended according to his wisdom, but he that is of a perverse heart will be despised. Um, Bert... Um, the wisest thing we could do, remember it talks about 
A wise person will listen to reproof. Friend, let the Word of God and the Holy Spirit shape how you think, what you value, and how you live. Because, see, thoughts beget actions. And if we want right actions and outcomes blessed by God, we've got to see life from God's perspective. And the way that you train yourself to see life from God's perspective is through God's Word. Alex, notice what you were just saying, and it permeates every part of your life. You get right with God. It changes your perspective on everything. And I think that shows in verse 10 in an unusual way. A righteous man regards the life of his animal, but the tender mercies of the wicked are cruel. Uh, Again, I'm not lifting up, uh, you know, people that want to say sanctity of all life. No, it's sanctity of human life. But all life is precious in the sight of God, and it always has purpose, animal life, plant life, and we're to be stewards of that. So when a man is right with God, it permeates how he treats others, how he treats his animal, how he treats his family. Alex, it changes everything. And so that's that's what we're talking about. We're talking about discipleship. And what you find in the book of Proverbs is words and wisdom that leads to discipleship for the follower of Jesus Christ. It's still good today, isn't it? Oh, it is. It really is. And you know what? I've always loved that that um, verse there in verse 9. Uh, no, I'm sorry, uh, verse 10, a righteous man regards the life of his beast. You know, I grew up on a farm and have always loved animals, goodness, and the word there, regard, is reflective. I mean, it means to take care of, to, but it, it really means to understand or to know. And you, you care for your animal. And I know most people listening to this show probably are not farmers. And, you know, we had chickens, we had cows, we had horses. Um, and, and I do love animals because I think, an, you know, the animal kingdom does reflect the artistry of God, the Creator. But just like we are to know uh, our animals or even our pets and to care for them and have compassion, uh, God knows and cares for us. You know, God regards our estate, our lowly estate. Um, verse 10 says, The tender mercies of the wicked are cruel. The best that a wicked person can do is is really even cruelty. Um, there's another admonition to be industrious. Till the land and you'll be satisfied. Verse 11 says, He that follows vain persons is void of understanding. For just a minute, and as you can tell, everybody, there's so much in here. This is so rich, it's hard to even get through it all in a timely way. Bert, I have known people that all they ever did was chase after some pipe dream and some get-rich-quick scheme, right? Exactly and, right, yep. And look, um, and and I know, look, there are some people that God blesses, and there are people, I've said this many times, there there are some people they can make more money by accident than most of us could on on purpose. And if you're one of those people and the good Lord has anointed you and blessed you and like everything you touch turns prosperous, well, praise God, because God has blessed you and prospered you uh, for one reason, 
uh, to support the Great Commission. And, you know, it's, it's fine. I'm definitely a capitalist. I believe in making money. I'm a moral, principled capitalist. But let me say this regarding verse 11. To till your land. What it, look, maybe the land, quote-unquote, God has given you to cultivate is, is a job. Uh, maybe whatever you do, retail, education, medicine, uh, maybe you work in a factory. Like so many of our wonderful listeners, maybe you drive a truck. Praise God. But you know what? Good, honest work is going to take you a million times farther down the road of life than some get-rich-quick scheme. And Bert, I've, I've graduated high school with guys, and they never quite got it. And they're still blowing their money on lottery tickets. Yep, and, it is. It is. <coughs> uh, friend, do good, diligent, honest work, whatever whatever the good Lord equipped you to do. And that that's the pathway to making it in life, isn't it? It is. Great words. Solomon knew he was teaching this. He was sharing this. Remember what we said when it started off. Picture an older father, possibly a grandfather, walking along, talking to his younger son or younger grandson, sharing with him things in life that will benefit him. If you can picture this as you read Proverbs, it, it really adds to it and take it into it. Now, again, again, you may want to go back, but I did want to look at verse 14. A man will be satisfied with good by the fruit of his mouth, and the recompense of a man's hands will be rendered to him. When I read that, I could not help but think of Nehemiah. Nehemiah had the right words after praying, seeking God. He had the right words to say to the king, and the king gave grace to him. He not only gave him permission to go to Jerusalem and to rebuild the wall, he gave him authority, and he gave him what was needed in order to do it, and when he got there, he just didn't talk a good talk. He fought a good fight. He did it with his hands. And, and so this is what you want to do. God has given you that. God has blessed you with that. I think this is talking about follow through, Alex. You catch what I'm saying in yes. verse 14? Follow through with what God has given you as you till that soil, as you have that job. Follow through and let the harvest comes in. You remember Nehemiah and the people there, they finished the work in 52 days. Unheard of, unreal. But you know what the key word was? The people had a mind to Amen. work. So their mouth, their mind, their hands, they put it to the plow, quote, or to the wall, the trial, and they finished the work, didn't they? They did. I, you know, I love verse 14 because what a promise this is. The recompense, this is King James, by the way, the, the recompense of a man's hands shall be rendered unto him. Now, the word recompense is a real interesting word because it, it really means um, to make amends for something that you are due, to be compensated. Now, who, who ultimately compensates you accordingly? The Lord. You work hard, you live right, you say your prayers. The good Lord will look after you. He really will. Somebody does you wrong, you do you do right. Do the right thing, even if everybody else you, around you does wrong. God will recompense you. God, I, I've seen it, Bert. I believe it to the core of my soul. Um, in the short term, it might look like the honest man gets passed by. No. 
in the long pull of the ultimate view here. I promise you, God will recompense you and God will make good by you, won't he? He will. Verse 19 speaks to that. Listen to that. With what you said just in mind, listen. The truthful lip shall be established forever. That's the long term. But a lying tongue is but for a moment. This mm. is what this is the whole idea. Satan <clears throat> always shares with you the the reward, immediate reward that looks really good <clears throat> when in truth it is not. And so here, when you put those together, Alex, what we've just read, the recompense of a man's hands will be rendered to him. And then in verse 19, it really establishes truth. Um, you know, when you tell you, the you tr- know, go ahead. Uh, forgive me. But when I think of uh, integrity over the long pull, I think of Joseph back in the book of Genesis. I mean, for years, he went through enslavement, uh, prison, false accusation, but he, may, like Job, maintained his integrity before God, and he wound up uh, in the position of leadership. And and I, I've known so many people that have been honest, moral people, and um, that's what you can build a life upon. And following through with that, connect these verses, 14, and then the one that we just shared with you uh, uh, about the tongue, And then verse 22, listen to this. Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who deal truthfully are his delight. Amen. Alex, uh, truth-telling. You can't help but go back and know about Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, You remember when he stood before Pilate and he talked about truth, and Pilate said, what is truth? Listen, truth is real. It stands and so lying lips, and again, uh, he talks about sin, but every once in a while, Solomon will throw in the word abomination. Uh, it seems like there's some things God notices that has greater consequences in the long run, and, and Solomon catches on that, and he really warns us of it, doesn't he? Absolutely, absolutely. And, uh, you know, uh, so much talk, and... Uh, <laughs> I read verse 23, a prudent man conceals knowledge, but the heart of fools proclaims foolishness. Um, our words reveal what's inside of us, don't they? And uh, my my grandmother used to say, she'd say, don't tell all you know. <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, not, not to be, uh, you know, deceptive or anything, but... Um, there's another old saying, still water runs the deepest. Some of the wisest, most brilliant people I know are the people that are the last one to speak in, in the meeting. It is. And sometimes if you want people to know you're foolish, open your mouth. Uh, mm. You know, uh, and, and it is so true. Uh, they proclaim foolishness. Now, I think we can read the rest of this, and, and it will comment on it for the rest of the program, the hand of the diligent will rule, but the slothful will be put to forced labor. Now, mm-hmm. verse 25 spoke to my heart. Anxiety in the heart of a man causes depression, but a good word makes it glad. The righteous should choose his friends carefully, for the way of the wicked leads them astray. The slothful man does not roast what he took in hunting, but diligence is man's precious possession. Then lastly, in the way of righteousness is life, and the pathway there is no death. 
Alex, uh, I believe verse 28, a little bit of, of salvation message there, don't you? Oh, amen. Amen. I've got a comment on verse 27. The slothful man, see, sloth means laziness and, uh, you know, you're not motivated. Uh, you, you take something in hunting and it spoils before you cook it. It's no good. I mean, and th- there's a couple of things there. For one thing, that's poor stewardship. The other thing is you did the job halfway. Maybe you went out and went hunting, and you got an animal. But then you got to do the rest of the job, take it home, dress it, cook it. Uh, and the, the slothful man does not cook what he took in hunting. Bert, I, I know people, and all around their house is half-finished, undone projects, you know? And uh, then you've got to work and clean up something that you let rot or rust or go to waste. Verse 27, I think you could do a whole sermon series on that about being a person who follows through. Amen. Let me add one thing to that about marriage. Those of you that act like one way while you're dating and then after you're married and, quote, you have gotten your prize and you just stop, that's wrong. Uh, Keep on, keep on and follow through not only with your job and your work, but follow through with that marriage as well. Alex, uh, I, I think, I, I know it's not talking about marriage, but uh, Solomon well, gets into word. that quite a bit. And uh, verse 28 again, in the way of righteousness is life. That righteousness mm-hmm. is only through Jesus Christ. But the pathway that leads away from that, there is death. Listen, come to Christ, follow him, Amen. choose him. We're going to take phone calls, and that number is 888 888- Alex and I would love to talk with you today. Give us a call today on Exploring the Word. AFR programming is now available on Alexa. You're joking, right? Nope, not joking. Seriously? Yep, this is not a drill. Wait a minute, no way. There's a way, the Alexa way. So if you just happen to miss your favorite shows, no worries. You can now listen to each podcast with Alexa. It's simple and it's free. Just visit AFR.net forward slash apps and click Alexa. We're not joking. If I could try to explain to you what it means to abide in Christ, if I could say here is the secret to your spiritual life in one word, I could not come up with a word that would be more central to the Christian experience than the word obedience. Join Dr. David Jeremiah for his series, 10 Steps to Spiritual Renewal, next time on Turning Point. 5.30 a.m. and 7 p.m. Central on American Family Radio. Then David said to Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not tested them. So David put them off. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. As David prepared to face Goliath, Saul tried to outfit David with Saul's personal armor. But David didn't have Saul's armor when he faced the lion or the bear. And David recognized that he didn't need the armor to slay Goliath. Today, many Christians yield to the temptation to be hipper, cooler, even a little fuzzy on the clear teachings of Scripture in order to face the Goliaths of our day. But Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men. We don't need a cool light show to be effective ambassadors for Christ. All we need is to offer what we have freely received. We know the transforming power of Christ because he has transformed us. 
Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. This is Dr. Stephen Rummage with a minute in God's Word to help you keep moving forward. Colossians 3.13 says, As the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. When my son Joshua was little, he had a helium balloon tied to his wrist. After a while, that balloon was getting in the way, and so I said, Hey Joshua, would you like to see that balloon go up really high in the sky? He said, Yeah. So I untied the balloon and we watched it float away. Then Joshua looked at me and said, Bring it back. Well, you know what happened next. Forgiveness requires that we let go of offenses against us and not keep bringing them back. That's what God did for us. Forgiveness isn't natural for us, but it is for God, and He'll give you the grace and the power to forgive others when you ask Him. For more resources, visit movingforwardradio.org. Join me every Sunday morning at 8.30 Central for Moving Forward right here on AFR. In Him we were also chosen as God's own, having been predestined according to the plan of Him who works out everything by the counsel of His will, in order that we, who were the first to hope in Christ, would be for the praise of His glory. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11 and 12. American Family Radio. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. Just give me Jesus. Welcome back to Exploring the Word, Bert and Alex, and we're ready to take phone calls. It's always an exciting time, and the lines are wide open. We had someone on, mm-hmm. but anyway, they went off. I was waiting for two or three. And uh, so uh, make that call right now. The number is 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. Now's the time to make that call. We're waiting on it. Alex, With while yeah. we're waiting, let us know a little bit about your schedule, brother. Well, God bless you. Thank you so much. And while we're waiting for calls, I want to say a big shout out to a wonderful brother. He's a truck driver. He's called in. His name is uh, Dev Devon or Devon D A V O N. I just Bert. I just texted you a picture. He came to hear me Sunday at the, the courthouse in Dallas as I was there speaking, and he listens. And he just said so many nice things about exploring the Word, and uh, you know he just express what you and I, and we give God the glory, but how we had helped him grow as a Christian. And I got two other emails today that basically said the same thing. So I just want to say this for all of our listeners, and you're so kind, you express kind of what this show means to you, but we give God the glory. But for uh, Devon and all of our listeners everywhere, we just thank the Lord for each and every one of you. We do. And by the way, the book, 100 Questions, uh, you can go to afastore.net uh, and you can order that. It's it's there. It's uh, We've got it in stock. We got a whole new big shipment in stock last week. And so we're ready to ship that mm-hmm. out. So you don't go to ha- have to go to other places. You can go to AFA Store and purchase that. And Alex and I, we would love for you to get it because I, I tell you, it's not because it was written by us, but it's because it glorifies the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, that's what we do on Exploring the Word more than anything else. 
Uh, we want to make much of Jesus. Uh, Alex, one of the greatest things ever did while I was pastoring or in supplying young, I had several pastors. I'd go and I'd be, just, I was a young preacher, and they'd leave a note for me in the pulpit, and it would say, make much of Jesus. And brother, Amen. you don't go Amen. wrong when you do that, do you? Well, that's true. And, you know, we've got a lot of calls, and I want to say this, and I'll reiterate this week, but this weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I'm going to be in uh, Hutchinson, Kansas, Medora Bible Church, uh, M-D-O-R-A, Medora Bible uh, Church. And Hutchinson, Kansas is basically just Wichita, right near Wichita, Kansas. Wichita Falls. And, um, uh well, I guess I know I'm flying into Wichita. Okay, uh, gotcha. But um, Hutchinson, Kansas, and and it's on the calendar at uh, alexmcfarland.com. I got you. So Kansas uh, listeners, I'd love to meet you this weekend. Oh man! Hey, let's go to the phone calls. You got them? Well, I do. How about we go to Abe in Texas and uh, Abe. Welcome to Exploring the Word, and you're the first caller today. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Yes. What um, you got, brother? My, uh, my, my question is, um, I, was, I was just curious, uh, okay, uh, about as far as uh, Moses throwing down the staff and it turning into a, a snake, and um, the other, you know, the, the, the sorcerers, they were able to do the same thing. Um, my question was... Um, I know it's a whole different part, but uh, Elijah, when he was, when they were battling who was the ultimate God, how, how come were those, um, how come was Elijah able to light the fire? And so what I'm trying to say is, wouldn't it be harder, wouldn't it be easier to have a fire start than to have a staff turn into a snake? Okay. Hey, Abe, mm -hmm. thank you, brother. Listen, I, I remember when the uh, magicians of Egypt turned that in, which was trickery, and Moses threw his rod down. He consumed those snakes. Uh, that, that was the there. And again, uh, that was so significant. That, and, and what you do in all of those, Abe, uh, all of those uh, trickeries that they did, they could do so many. And with the trick of their hand, but as it got more complicated, they fell by the wayside. And that is that tells you something about what is truth. It is lasting, and it will last. Alex, what about uh, you know the what? Not only did the fire come down, <laughs> Elijah had him to throw fire around it, dig trenches around it, fill it with water and everything before the fire fell, didn't he? Well, you know, the fact that, and by the way, for the record, I just want to say this, I believe these miracles that God did, um, you know, the, the rod of Moses consumed the, the serpents that apparently were conjured up by the magicians of Egypt. Uh, tradition tells us their name was Janus and Jambres, and Moses' staff and the snake uh, devoured their snakes. Then Elijah on Mount Carmel, they doused the wood with water over and over, saturated it with water, and yet fire fell from heaven and consumed the sacrifice. What this does, it shows the power of, of the true and living God over 
the power of darkness and Satan. I mean, that, that and by validating the power of God is be, bigger, stronger than the power of Satan, it also was confirming the messenger and the message of God over and above the messengers and the message of darkness. Alex, it did one other thing. Each one of those was confronting the gods that those people were worshiping in True. Egypt and Baal worship. And God was demonstrating he is the God of gods. He is the Lord of lords, as Jesus said, King of kings. Go ahead. Amen. Well, thank you, Abe, for that really good question. Um, how about we go up to Virginia and Ruth? Ruth in Virginia, are you there? Yes, I am. Thank you. Welcome. Uh, my question is, if I believe it says in the Bible that we will judge angels, and I wondered why will we judge these angels, and what will we judge them? Okay, great question, Ruth. Alex, angels, uh, let's, let me just say this, especially in the Greek language, it's a transliteration of the word messenger, and the angels are messengers of God. Uh, the judgment is it, is it has to do with delivering messages and faithful all the way as I, I'm not. I've I've wondered about that as well. Yeah, it, it really does. That um, the angels are the messengers of God and the ministering spirits to the heirs of salvation. Angels have a lot of ministry, don't they? They do, and they're powerful. And again, let me just suggest this. And and again, I Frank Peretti wrote some novels, and it's it helped me as about as much as anything in spiritual warfare. Uh, Frank Peretti's book, This Present Darkness, Overcoming the Darkness. Uh, again, it's 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 fiction, but it's based upon how God operates in the spiritual realm, and uh, I, I think that helps a lot of people. Hey, Alex, uh, Marty wanted us to go to Becky in Tennessee. Let's do that, okay? okay? Good. Becky, yes. welcome. Hello there. Yes, ma'am. All right, Alex, this is Becky Drake, Jerry's wife. Hello. Well, praise God. How are you guys doing? Well, we were doing well until about a month ago, uh, and we're still doing well, what can I say? But anyway, I did not know if you and Angie knew or not, but I've recently been diagnosed with breast cancer, and oh. I'm just calling in. We have a, a daily program there on AFR as well, but I just want your listeners to please pray with my family about that, that we remain strong and that our testimony remains one of faith and endurance. Well, amen. I want to tell you, uh, Jerry and Becky Drace are champions hugely influential in the lives of so many people and my life as well. And um, Becky, I know your wonderful book and curriculum, Becoming a Woman of Worth, uh, so touched Angie's life. Sister, I, I'm sorry you've been diagnosed with breast cancer, and we will be praying. And um, folks, you, uh, you need to know about the great ministry, Hope for the Home, Jerry, Drace, and Becky, you guys, Dr. Dobson, uh, endorses you all, and I'm so thrilled that you're on AFA, but um, it's a thrill to hear from you, although I am sad what I'm learning here. But, Bert, I do want to pray for them. They've Let's got do pray a, for them. And, again, their great. program, they'll bless you. I hear it on AFR, and it is a blessing, Becky, and we appreciate you calling in. Appreciate you listening. Alex, we want everybody to write the name down, Becky Drace. Here's, yeah. I wrote it down. And the next, I pray for them a long time, long term. But especially in the next 24 hours, let's bombard heaven for Becky and Amen. healing. Go ahead, Alex. 
And uh, another dear listener, and I'm sure they're listening now, Susan Kenton. Tony and Susan Kenton and Susan has had health issues as well. But I want to pray, Father God, in the name of Jesus, I lift up my my sisters in Christ, and especially Becky Drace. Uh, Father God, uh, she has stood for the gospel so many years, raised a great family. She and Dr. Drace have led a great ministry. But Lord, we stand with her, and we pray that you would give healing. Father God, we would ask for a complete miracle of healing. But even as uh, they wait and they... Uh, anticipate uh, getting reports and diagnosis and treatment. Father God, give your grace abundantly. Um, Help Jerry and Becky, draw them close to you, close to each other. And Lord, we thank you in advance for the miracles, the healing, the blessing that you're going to administer to this, our sister. Father God, just carry her in in your arms through this journey. And Lord, bless her as, as she trusts in you, and we lift Becky and Jerry up to you, and Susan and Tony Kenton and so many others battling health issues. Father God, we commit all of this to you right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Becky, thank you for calling. Thank you for trusting us to pray for you. Alex, before we go to the next call, uh, I know it's Dee in Iowa. Sherry in Arkansas wanted to know what chapter we were talking about today in Proverbs. Chapter 12. Sometimes we start out and we say that early, and then we don't uh, talk about it again. So that's our—that's my fault. I should bring that up from time to time. Chapter 12. But Alex, where did we go to next? Well, I'm going to ask you to cue that up. The, okay, the I'll do it. The computer just kind of crashed here. So okay, we're can in. you get the next call? Yeah, I sure can. Let's go to Iowa and talk to Dee. Dee, welcome. Thank you. Um, I've got a question on Jonah and Nahum. I guess uh, Jonah goes to Nineveh and prophesies or, you know, says it's going to be destroyed, and then it's not. And then Nahum says it is destroyed. I guess what was the timeline, or I was kind of lost on that. That is a great question. Matter of fact, Alex, you and I did these. Was it close to a—it was a generation at least. Yeah, uh, you know, but it seemed like it was more like two generations, eighty years. What, wasn't so. it like a, a total generation? I mean, total I, timeline of about one hundred and fifty. I think years. it was. I think it was over. Yes. I think, if I remember right, the top of. So, D, you're right. There was reproof, and honestly, uh, all nations, uh, every nation that's ever existed, has come to failure. Uh, people talk about America and what we do. We understand that uh, the Bible talks about it. Uh, that these nations come, they grow, they fall, but we don't need to let it do it in our generation. Alex, you know what I mean? Yeah. Our generation, the, and we train up the next generation, and that's our goal. So I think we learn a lot from uh, Jonah and Nahum about Nineveh, you know, and, and even yeah. our country today. Two, two things that I think are very fascinating are, are these uh, the Bible timeline, and I've got this wonderful book called The Bible Timeline, and if you look at uh, the overlaps in history and the, the biblical figures that would have been contemporaries with each other, um, so you might want to check out a Bible timeline like that. But, you know, regarding the, the growth curve of societies and nations, there seems to be this arc. And uh, Richard Unwin of Cambridge University, Bert, I felt very privileged. I shared this one time, and Bill Federer, who's so brilliant, he said he had never heard this, and I couldn't believe, because I've learned so much from William J. Federer, but 
Unwin of Cambridge said nations go through these stages, protective, productive, prosperous, promiscuous. They're they're, uh, protective, they fight, they build a nation. Then they're productive, they work. Then uh, morals and industry produces prosperity. And, And that's the longest period, but then there's decadence. And generations come along, and they don't realize what it took to get what you have. And when a nation is in the stage of promiscuity, uh, that's when the fall will occur. And we're in that stage. We've been protective, productive, prosperous, but now, America, we're very promiscuous. The only why I have hope is because we were a nation intentionally founded on the Word of God in covenant with the promises of God's Word. And, and Bert, I, I hope we can, with God's help, turn around. We, I agree. Now, what's going to happen? We, in the book of Proverbs that we're reading, a lot of the wisdom that are found in Father's head came because of the time they spent in the Word of God. And part of that was the book of Proverbs. And, and yesterday, we talked about the city or the government it says, when it goes well with the righteous, the city rejoices. And that is the whole idea. And so we want to be right. We're the salt. We're the light. As followers of Jesus Christ, we need to let our light so shine. And we need to be the salt. We don't need to water it down, become weak. We need to be strong. So, mm. Frank, Michael, we'd love to have gotten to your calls today. Try to call back tomorrow, and we'll take your calls. We'd, I love your questions And so, Alex, it's been good. We're going to be in Proverbs chapter 13 tomorrow. So if you want to read ahead, uh, listen to this. I'll just give you this. This is strong. 1320, it should make you want to read. He who walks with wise men will be wise. Mm. That's pretty sharp uh, advice, isn't it? It makes me want to seek out some of God's wise people to be around. It does. We want to thank you for listening to Exploring the Word today. And we'll be back on tomorrow again, Proverbs 13. We look forward to sharing that with you. And more of AFR programming is coming your way. Tony Perkins, Abe Hamilton III, I think you'll enjoy. But tell someone about exploring the word. But more importantly, tell them about Jesus. Jesus.